Hello and welcome to another episode of Block Talk presented by Theater in the Now. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Stitcher so you never miss an episode. And leave a five-star review while you're there. Also, are you a fan of Block Talk? Well, our newest fans are the fabulous team at Daft Boy. With the highest quality fans, accessories, and gear for any occasion, Daft Boy is here to service you every day. And over at Daft Boy, you can create your own custom fan like the Block Talk fan I thwarp at every show. Fans of Block Talk can receive 15% off at checkout using code BLOCKTALK. Visit daftboy.com today. And as always, follow me on Instagram at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter at TheaterTheNow, and visit TheaterTheNow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. A place where nobody dares to go... But a love that we came to know, they call her Vanadu. Yes, they do. How are you? Alive, breathing. You're here. Living, giving. You you give a lot. Thriving. You do that a lot. Yeah, I. Well, do I just that I, a lot. I just I'm gonna call you out before we even start this fucking interview. I know I've I'm ruined a very common word in English language. Vanadu yeah. has changed her phone so when she types the word d-o yeah. it no longer goes d-o it's d-e-u-x yeah so for the you... record this started because my phone when i would type the word d-o suggested d-e-u-x it didn't automatically change it but it was like wait did you mean this and then i was like yeah i do i did mean that i do I you do, do mean that. You do. So mean then that. I went in and changed yeah. it to automatically do it. But it, it for the record, it uh, it started suggesting. So D-U-S. when you get a text message from Vanadu yeah. and the word "do" is in there, spelled like her last name. Yeah, she did that. Yeah, fully. Yeah, I mean, when you're a woman with a brand, it's just like you got to buy. Speaking into it. of, we are drinking white wine. We are actively drinking white wine. Yeah, that is your brand. It fo- look, I'm a woman of simple taste. Yeah, blue eyeshadow, mm-hmm. white wine. You invented blue eyeshadow, correct? I did, yeah. Mm-hmm. You can Venmo me residuals. And everybody wears blue eyeshadow and they tag you. I, I, it's, it's actually shocking how... I get tagged, I would say probably three to five times a week in people being like wearing blue eyeshadow thinking of Vanna. It's like, it's... I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't know how it became my entire brand because I wore it like three times and then all of a sudden people expected it. And it yep. was like, cool. Okay, and, and, you're, and you're straight away from a little bit, but we're, we're going to talk about... I like to think that I'm gay away from it. Yeah. But yeah. We're, we're going we're gonna to talk about you, but first we're okay. going to talk about the person inside of Vanna. <sighs> Where's Kyle from? Uh, um, it depends on what you mean. Uh-huh. Um, Mars. Mars, okay. Primarily. Um, no, I'm, I, I, was, I was born upstate New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and we lived there until I was like four, Rochester, um, uh, Mrs. Kasha Davis. Yeah. Uh, and Darien, Darien Lake. I don't know if anyone knows this. People who are from that area know it, but Darien Lake is a theme park in upstate New York that like when she got on, I was like, Oh, that's funny. Yeah. But people think her name is just, it's just like a name. My my good friend, uh, Brady Watson is from Rochester. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Darien Lake. Uh, um, so I was born in Rochester. We moved down to, um, Baltimore, Maryland when Mm -hmm. I was like like four and a half or five in that range. Um, so I say I'm from Baltimore. I've been in New York 10 years. I'm just generally from like the Northeast. Yeah. Um, is what I would say from like some. You're a Yankee. I'm a Yankee. Yeah. So growing up in yeah. Baltimore. Yeah. Potentially a little gay boy. Yeah. When did theater enter your life? Um, that's a good question. 
Uh, I, uh, my, my cousin, my cousin who's a little older than me, uh, she's, oh God, how old is she? She's, she's three or four years older than me, four or five, somewhere in that range, um, years older than me. She was a big theater person. And, um, I didn't really know what I was like doing when I was growing up. I was rotten at sports. I tried all of them and I come from a very sports heavy family. Like my dad was the commissioner of our local little league and my brother was this golf prodigy and he played baseball and he did all this, you know, so I really wanted that to be my life. And I enjoy sports, which is something that people are surprised by. Like I enjoy sports. I like going to baseball games. I like yada, yada. Um, I like watching football. Uh, uh, but it just it never stuck from it never got there for me um and so uh i in fifth grade that's a lie a, a couple years before i did like a theater summer camp like a local sort of like whatever it is we did this weird, a terrible production of annie jr um, did you play i was the dog catcher and mr bundles of course and i was the tap dancer for the I had a cute little ensemble track. You know what I mean? Like one of those features. You were the, you were the NYC dancer? Yeah. Yeah, I fully was. Um, I had that. I, I had that. I had a feature. Yeah. Um, And it didn't quite click for me then because like it wasn't really a thing that was like, I love this. It didn't, it, I, I, I didn't love it at the time and it was just something to do during the summer. I would have rather like sat at home and watched, I don't know, Inuyasha or some stupid anime or played video games or whatever it was. Um, but, uh, uh, so I did that, but then when I was in fifth grade, we did, um, I was in an elementary school that did a musical, but it was only the fifth graders that did it, and you had to do it. Like, it wasn't like a, you auditioned for it. Everyone auditioned, but everyone was in it. Yeah, we, we did a fifth grade play, too. No way. Yeah, uh, it was like, it was, for ours, it was more of like a uh, review of things. Oh, um, yeah. So, like, like, I remember one of the scenes was um, Titanic-inspired, because the ti- the oh, movie just came out. It had so, just like, come out, yeah. They had to do uh, My Heart Will Go On. Oh, but Jesus. I was in, speaking of sports, I had to do Heart Damn Yankees? Damn Yankees. Yeah! yeah. <laughs> There's one sports music. Oh, that's a lie. We got Lysa Strata Jones. Um, Lysa Strata? Nice I, I like that show a lot. It's cute. Some good music. It's cute. Yeah. Very you go cute. your way. I'll go mine. <laughs> Shut up. You can go your own way. So we so um so ours our school. Uh, I went to Shipley's Choice Elementary School, which um, sh- uh, shout out to Shipley's Choice. Like maybe one person who knows me is listening to this. Um, I went to Shipley's Choice Elementary School and um. um we did kind of a similar thing where it was like usually a review. So like, I don't know, maybe two years before us, it was like a Disney review or like an 80, like whatever it was. For some reason, my, I almost said senior year, we were 10, my fifth grade (laughs) year, um, they, they decided to do a, um, a a musical and it was Oliver Twist or I guess the show is just called Oliver, but, um, the junior version of it is called Oliver Twist. It's a lot less murdery. It's a lot less rapey because we're 10. Right. Um, um, but you still consider yourself right, and that's and this is this is a sidebar. But I remember watching the movie Oliver for the first time <laughs> and being like, "This is not the same show." No. <laughs> it's like it's a little weird. Um, but but I I remember I auditioned for it and um, uh, as I had to, um, and feeling very confident that I was going to be Oliver. Like feeling very, co- I was like, "I'm going to be Oliver. It's my destiny." Because like I'm a person who, when I do things, I like to be the best at what I do. I did not get Oliver. Uh, Uh-oh. Yeah, I know. Um, and I remember having my heart set on that. There was this other kid who is there who was a theater kid growing up, had, like, been doing theater. This is a very long story. Um, uh, who had been doing theater, um, and he ended up being Oliver. 
and um, our our director, music person, whatever you want to call it, um, at that time, um, did like rolling casting for some reason. Couldn't tell you why, um, but like announced that this person uh, was going to be Oliver before they announced everything else. Um, and I was just like crestfallen. I was like, I was. 10 and I was dramatic mama I was so I was like crying no in my room and like throwing things and my mom was trying to calm me she brought me for chicken fingers because it to this day still calms me down yes um if Vanna is feeling down and has no money Venmo me Venmo for her chicken fingers yeah she you that was a successful Venmo I I made money on that I know you did I know I ordered chicken fingers three nights in a row um <laughs> Um, uh, and, uh, and, um, then like a week later, it wasn't even the next day. It was like a week later. Um, she like announced the rest of the cast and it was so dramatic. You know, those elementary school teachers get Uh very into the drama of all of it. Um, so she announced the rest of the cast and I ended up getting cast as, um, Dodger as the artful Dodger. Of course. Okay. Um, uh, which for those who don't know is sort of like the consider yourself things consider yourself it's a midi role it's it's a good role and um and uh and that's when it like really hit me that like this it was something i wanted to do and so um i did this show and um my my aunt uh her name's barbara barbara van zandt um was the head of wardrobe at radio city music hall and lent us some costume. Lent me, not us. Lent me some costumes because in elementary school you provided your own costumes. Oh God! <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, lent me some costumes, and I had this gorgeous crushed velvet purple like floor length coat and like an amazing top hat, and I looked dope. I looked so cool. Are there photos somewhere? Absolutely. We'll put it on the Race Chaser Instagram. <laughs> no, I just I, I've been listening to Race Chaser. Um, uh, of course there are. Um, and so uh, she came down with my cousin Caitlin, who. Um, was like a she went to the LaGuardia School of Performing Arts and she did you know she, she lived forever she fame remember her name Mama Miss Fame uh, I'm free associating <laughs> uh, sh- uh, so they came down to see it and my aunt was like oh you can do this she was like you're good at this you should do this so um, uh, she had a tendency to donate old Radio City costumes to Stage Door Manor. Um, which is a performing arts camp up in the Catskills. It's one, it's the one that the movie Camp is based off of. Correct. For those who don't, I know you know that, but it's the, for those who don't know that movie with Camp with little Anna Kendrick, little Manna Kendrick, uh, <laughs> and Robin De Jesus, and like yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so she donated um, to get, and so Caitlin got a reduced because it's very expensive. It's for rich oh, yeah. people, um, but Caitlin got a reduced tuition to it, and so then they extended that to me also. And she was like, "I'm mm-hmm. gonna do this, and you're gonna go to Stage Door." And uh, the rest is history, and I've been doing it ever since. I was nine or ten when I went for the first time, and uh, it's yeah. 20, so you caught you, you caught the bug. Caught the bug, and then you decide you are going to go to school for it. But, yeah, about eight years later, I decided I was going to go to school for it. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I, I there was a lot of things that I did in high school that any of them could have become like my vocation. Truly, you know, I did. I very I was a very mediocre visual artist um and I really was into fashion design I I'd apply I I was thinking about applying for fashion design also couldn't sew my way out of a paper bag I designed I didn't create um and uh and I I yeah college college I ended up going so it was either going it was theater or going to a nunnery yeah get thee to a nunnery mama yeah so you go to Wagner I went to Wagner College out on Staten Island. Mm-hmm. What was the draw to that school? They gave me a lot of money. And do you feel more um, proud of yourself that you're not an AMDA kid? I feel 
<laughs> I feel like I shouldn't say any more than I do right now. <laughs> we love AMDA. Everyone who went to AMDA. The American Musical AMDA. Drag Academy is it's more true. like it. So what was life as a little gay boy in mm. New York City mm-hmm. at Wagner mm-hmm. studying theater, but also coming into the city and right. experiencing theater and nightlife a little bit? Uh, a lot of it, actually. Um it, 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 uh, I don't. I think looking back on it, I wouldn't have traded my time at Wagner for anything because it did have a very profound impact on like who I became as a human. That being said, while I was there, I was just miserable. I mean, I was miserable. Mm-hmm. I hated it. I, I didn't. I felt like I was very. Ugh, this sounds so arrogant. I felt like I was very underappreciated in my program, and I was the. I, I literally. Uh, won. We did these awards called the Waggies every year. Um, and like m- the award that I won three of the four years I was there was the Bitter Bitch Award because like okay, I was. Okay, that checks out. I was gen- I genuinely was always a bridesmaid and never a bride. I got called back for every show and, and, and like whatever. I got called back constantly and I didn't get cast in a show until my senior year. Um, and what show was that? That's that's like I was in the ensemble of Beauty and the Beast my sophomore year. I didn't get a part until my senior year. Um, the first part that I had at Wagner was Judas and Jesus Christ Superstar. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, uh huh. Directed by Michelle Pac. Let there me pick this name up. Um, yeah. Um, so I I just I was always miserable and I felt like I wasn't. I, I felt like I was learning a lot and I I felt like I was I was talented enough to make some things happen for myself and it just never was because I would audition at school and get called back and called back and called back and they were casting the same people left and right and those of us who are kind of like the island of misfit toys actors were like, dude, there's other people here. Like, give some of us a chance. And I'd go into the city and I found great success at auditions at like auditions in the city and I got called back for everything and I got cast a bunch and um and I I, I don't know why I, I was never sure why it wasn't firing at Wagner also um and so I, I was just kind of miserable to the point where like I almost transferred every semester between my, the end of my freshman year and the beginning of my junior year like I was so willing to get out of there that I would have started my education over and just come to the city two years later because I was so miserable um I'm grateful now for the proximity that I had to the city because that's a lot of things that uh, that's something that a lot of people don't get right when they're coming to the city is that I had four years of audition time on a lot of people. You already made the connections. That yeah. People have to restart. Yeah. And um, it's, it's also how I started working in nightlife. Let's talk about nightlife a little bit. Yeah. What was one of your first gigs in the world of nightlife? Uh, I was a go-go boy. You were a go-go boy. I was a go-go oh, boy. You like taking the clothes off. I still do. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I was a go-go boy. Um, and uh, I danced at some bars that have since closed. So you are the closer. It's my it's my fault. Uh-oh. I'm the common thread. No, um, I danced at Splash for a minute. Um, and I danced at a bar called XL for a minute. Or a club called XL. That was kind of... Like, when I, when I started, that was the days of, like, New York had mega clubs. I mean, like, big... Which I don't feel like... Like Stefan worthy clubs? Yeah. But I feel like they don't super They don't ex- exist anymore. Exist no. anymore. You don't I like, mean like we all joke at the Glam Awards, like, why is there a club category anymore? Because there are no clubs. There are fully no clubs. Right. Um, I mean it's like 
I'm there. There are them, but there are the there are the <laughs> like. Let me get out my banjo. Shit. Um, I just they feel like exist. they don't super exist anymore, right. um, or like as much in the zeitgeist as they used to. And fully, I think it's because drag kind of took over. Mm-hmm. So now people want to go see a drag show instead of going out and dancing, um, or find a place that gives you both. Exactly. Um, so that's where I started. I started when I was like 18 or 19 and I, I, you know, I got my good little dancing panty on and I, um, you know, um, a character shoe, uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, and, um, I, I would, I, 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 I made some money that way. What was the biggest struggle mm. as a go-go boy? Um, uh, uh, not feeling, uh, okay enough to um, like get security because <laughs> people get kind of handsy yeah. when, and, and like, look, I mean, Baltimore is not even nearly as big of a city at all as New York is. And like going from, I, I had a very ugly duckling story. Like I was not cute in high school at all. And then I came to New York and something happened and all of a sudden I was cute and people were like interested in me. Sorry. I sound so vain right now. Um, but like all of a sudden, like people were interested in me because I, you know, went on Accutane and whatever it is. Um, and I cut my hair and, uh, and I got cute kind of quick. So it all happened very fast. And, and, um, uh, and I, I was never confident because anyone who would pay attention to me, I was like, yeah, like pay attention to me. Look how cute I am. I'm so cute. I'm adorable. Um, so whenever anyone would get like too handsy, I wouldn't feel confident enough to like be like, hey, can someone come help me with what's happening right now? Did, did you feel that you were objectified on a nightly basis? Absolutely. Did it bother you? No, it was my job to be an object. Kind of still is. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. No, and yeah. It, no, Um, it didn't bother me at all. At all, in fact. What advice would you give to a young kid in New York who oh. f- finds themselves wanting or needing or whatever to follow that path of to be a go-go boy? What advice would you give them? Uh, um, uh, uh, just remember the humanity underneath your abs. <laughs> like, like, don't be afraid to be a human being or to use your words or to, um, to say when something isn't right. Yeah. Yeah. So you graduate Wagner, yeah. you do the nightlife thing. Yeah. And then you get accepted to, um... Well, there's more to that story, but... but I want to jump ahead to... You get accepted to a little school up in Cambridge, Massachusetts. What is it called? Uh, it's the, uh, the Cat South Vocational School for Nail Technology yeah, and Hair Design. Yeah, um, also known as Harvard. Yeah. Uh, so you went to the ART, which is part of Harvard. Um, Was a part of Harvard. Well, T. That's drama. Yeah. Um, so you were a part of the ART. Legendary, legendary. They're moving. Place. They're moving into Boston. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What? For, first off, why grad school? What were you missing in New York that you needed? You felt need for grad school? Oh my God! How long do you have? Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is uh, this is going to be the first ever three hour episode of Block Talk. Um, um, so like I had this sort of journey with New York City that I feel like kind of happens to a lot of people after about five years. We're like now to- where I am today, 2019, um, I've lived here for a grand total of almost 10 years. I-, I feel like I'm a New Yorker. I've been mugged. You know what I mean? Like I I feel very much a part of this city at this point. But I hit five years and I was bartending. This is kind of an interesting story that I don't think a lot of people know um, that I I 
I was bartending a show. Should I, am I, should I say what show it was? Sure. I, so I was bartending Natasha Pierre in The Great Comet of 1812. Mm-hmm. Um, when it was in... I should stop clicking on my wine glass. ASMR. Um, I was bartending Natasha Beer in the Great Comet of eighteen twelve in the in when it was in the meatpacking district oh, in I the wa- tent. I wonder if we cross path. We must Probably. have. We I'm, must have. I poured all those drinks, um, and uh, the the way that it ended that show ended up is not the way that it started even a little bit. Where like they decided when they were starting it that it was going to be less of a show and more of an experience. Yes. So they thought all these people were going to come early and hang out at the bar and they were going to do these fabulous after party like Suzanne Barsh X you know like after parties where um you know people would just hang at the bar and have drinks and get wasted and like all these fabulous characters would show up and like the only people who could afford tickets to the show because you got dinner with it at that time it was a dinner show borscht but you got borscht you got venison I mean it was like it it they made a Russian supper club the only people who could afford the ticket were like rich middle-aged white people or me who got a free ticket who got a press ticket? Yeah, no, right. I, I wasn't even pressed then. Really? I got. I side note for a second. Mm. I was stage managing a show at the time. Uh. Um, and this is so horrible. The um, we had to cancel our show that night because one of our actresses had a mini stroke, <gasps> and of course, someone had a ticket to the show. They're like, "Do you want to go?" I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> so it's horrible. How I was it. able to go, but yeah, but you got to like. I think. We're gonna say the same thing. That show was life changing. Yeah, fully, fully, fully Completely incredible. Completely life changing yeah. experience. Yeah, I, yeah. I remember seeing the the final dress of it because they were like, "You as staff will never see this show yeah. if you're if you're here because like you have other things that you need to be doing." I remember seeing it and I felt like something was happening to me instead of me. You know what I mean? Anyway, um, yes, I agree. Uh, really, yeah. An I mean, the show. music, the just the again the experience. You're sitting in this tent. Yeah. Built Every, in the middle right. of an abandoned lot, right. in the middle of the meatpacking district, across from, what's the hotel where everyone fucks each other in the windows? Uh, standard. The standard. Yeah, and like so, but it is so immersive. Like when um, you're in the club scene, there is literally strobe light everywhere. Everywhere. You sometimes when you're you can like look away and there's no strobe. There is strobe in this entire yeah, theater. The it was incredible. Yeah. But it was. I think it's 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 one of those shows that unfortunately closed on Broadway a little <sighs> too early because yeah. of unfortunate Some circumstances. Really terrible circumstances. But you want to talk about fucking visibility and how yeah. it changed theater. It makes me nuts that this is a sidebar, but it makes me nuts that a show that was objectively one of the most diverse shows that has ever been on a Broadway stage got closed because of a diversity yeah. problem. Um, so you're working on the show. Yes. So I'm bartending the show. Yeah. I'm, uh, and, and I, like, um, the only people who stayed after the show were not the patrons. It was, like, the cast, the cast. and the crew and the creatives. And, um, and so, you know, they would have their production meetings at the bar because we had a bar in the theater. So right. I kind of got to know the faces on the team that way. Um, I, uh, being a bartender at that show was, like, survival of the fittest i mean they, they originally hired 12 of us because like it's going to be so busy it's going to be so busy a uh, month after it had been running um five people had been fired i mean it was and it, they kept cutting and cutting and cutting and cutting until eventually it was down to me and another bartender who were the only two that worked because like no one was going to the bar um and the other bartender was uh the bar manager 
And so when they came down to decide that they only had one position for a bartender, I got the axe. Um, uh, and they felt bad. They were like, we know you have a lot of personality and we know the cast loves you, but like, unfortunately, we just don't have the ability to have two bartenders. I was like, you started with 12 kids. Um, so I ended up getting let go from this job. And it just so happened that within that same week, my manager at the time, my acting manager at the time, um, came down, came down with brain cancer, um, and left the profession. Um, and the woman who was my agent and I kind of realized, decided, fought over the fact that we had different ideas with the direction my career should have been going in, um, and parted ways. Within a week, I mean, seven days, yeah. I lost my job, my agent and my manager. And it was one of those very like New York moments where I called my mom and I was, my mom is one of my best friends. I called my mom and I was sobbing and I was like, mom, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to be able to pay the rent. Like, I don't know how I'm going to. And I'd met this guy a couple months before and we had been dating and, um, and, uh, and we, uh, so I texted, I was, you know, I was talking to him, obviously. And I, I said, like, all this is happening and X, Y, Z. And so uh, I had gone up to Boston a couple months before. And I uh, saw this show up there called The Donkey Show. Um, that uh, ended up being a big part of my life for a long time um, that I loved. And there's a part in the show where I got, I, me, Kyle, got uh, put on a bar and my shirt was ripped from my body and one of the characters was like feeling me up. Um, afterwards, the stage manager of that show came up to me and was like, do you live here? What's your name? What's your MO? Um, I said, no, you know, I live in New York City. Anyway, she gave me her contact information. She said, if you ever find yourself in Boston, please contact me. We'd love to schedule an audition for you. Um, I, I was dating this guy who lived in Boston, and I didn't have any money. So I moved home to Baltimore for a couple months, and I lived in my parents' basement, and I bartended at one of two gay bars in Baltimore, one of which has since closed, and the one that I worked at is about to close. Which is that? I, I, I mean, I think it's about to close. Grand Central. Okay. Um, um, it, I, we were right across the street from the Hippo, which is now a CVS. Um, uh, and, and so I moved home for a couple months just to, like, save money and uh, uh, make enough that I could uh, go to Boston. Um, because everything that I cared about at that time was there. I was like, I feel like I have an acting gig there, and the guy that I, I was with was there, and... Uh, that was great. And so I went and uh, I, I after a couple months, I spent a summer, I want to say, in Baltimore, um, like left New York City, fully left New York City, went, uh, ended up moving up to Boston and um, auditioning for a donkey show and getting cast and, uh, and, and stayed there for a minute. And then you applied yeah, to... Yeah, and so then, then in rehearsals, this show is called The Donkey Show and... Um, uh, a, a young woman by the name of Diane Paulus is the director. Um, shout out. <laughs> she won't listen to this. <laughs> she has a Tony. Uh, um, it was the director. And we had an, uh, sort of, uh, uh, oh God, what's the name of the person who like restages the show? It wasn't a stage manager, it was sort of like an assistant director, yeah, associate, associate director. That's what I'm thinking of. Um, who was like, uh, I played a character that didn't have any lines uh, I played one of the fairies and uh, we didn't have lines and all we could do was dance and we weren't allowed to speak. 
Um, it's an interactive thing. Look it up. Actually, it's about to close. Sorry. Rest in peace, Donkey Show. Um, um, but the director, during one of my rehearsals, was like, you know, I can tell that you can really act. And I was like, that's weird because I don't say anything. She was like, um, I think you would, you should apply to the grad school to ART. And I didn't, first off, didn't even know that they had a grad program. And grad school was never anything that was on my radar, even a little bit. I was like, I'm a musical theater mom, and I'm not gonna go to grad. I'm like, who needs one? And she was like, I think you should apply for it. And I did. Um, I, 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 I didn't apply to grad schools. I applied to grad school, but just the one, just the one, um, because, uh, because I really, I believe in the ART and I believe in what they do up there. Um, and I thought based off what I knew about them and what I knew about myself, that it would be a really cool fit. And I could learn a lot about myself as a performer doing it. And I ended up applying and after a really epic saga of like, yes, no, yes, no, I ended up um, getting in 10 days before the program started. Damn. Um, uh, and I went and it was, and I loved it. And when you applied, Mm. did you know that Grey Comet was going to be a part of that journey? Not a clue. Isn't it crazy how full circle life is sometimes? Mm, Really wild. Yeah. So for people who don't know that you were a part as, as a, um, Student there, yeah. you are cast sometimes in yeah, the, uh, in understudy the roles, yeah, of uh, the main stage shows. So when Diane Paulus took over the ART, yeah. and reimagined re- what that thing. entire theater was, yeah. she brought a couple shows up to work on, including yeah. Waitress. Yeah, she brought up the um, regional premiere of Great Comet. Yeah, and you were casting the ensemble for it. Yeah, um, uh, that's another funny story. I'm sure all this will be edited down, but like for the director's cut, never. Um, um, uh, yeah, so, um, we were, it's funny, part of that program was that we studied in Russia right. for a couple months, and three, four, five months, I, it's, the timeline changes in my mind all the time, I don't actually remember how long I was there, because, well, there was a lot of vodka, a lot of vodka, <laughs> you know me, uh, um, yeah, so we they announced the season while we were in Russia, and like it's not that you didn't work on shows when it's a two, it's a two year program, it's right. an accelerated two year program, so it's the same amount of class time as a three year program, but it's shoved into two years, and like you have a month, maybe a month and a half off in between your two years, and you study the whole summer. So like my program was June to June, we had a month off, and then we came back end of July. Like it was like, and it was just two. I didn't have Christmas off. I stayed in bought. I didn't see my family for two full years. Um, because it was very accelerated. Um, but we studied in Russia for a part of it. Um, we, we got to go because there's an association with the Moscow art theater, um, with the ART, it's like their sister theater. Um, and so we studied in their collegiate program. Um, and they announced it while we were in Russia that they were, this season was incredible. I mean, the first show of the season was waitress. I mean, look at how that's doing. And then they did, um, uh, uh, there, there was a bunch of them, but they did a show called nice fish that, um, Mark Rylance was sort of the, the person in charge of, and they did, um, Eve Ensler's one new one woman autobiographical show about her struggle with cancer as cancer called in the body of the world. It was just like, this season was like jam packed. It was epic unbelievable theater and I was lucky while I was there because I was one of like maybe three or four actors in my class of not that many people who had experience in musical theater who like that that was my bread and butter 
Um, and it just so happened that we had two big musical premieres right. in the season that I would be cast in. Finding Neverland, they had done the year before. True. Um, um, and so I, I also happened to play a couple instruments. and Including? Uh, dear Lord. The accordion. Uh, the accordion. I play the accordion. I play the piano. I play guitar. I'm trying the ukulele. Um, there, there's a lot of them. Uh, I just found a mini piano on the street. Um, yeah, you did. I know. I love it so much. <laughs> it's my new favorite thing. Um, so so um, uh, uh, that was a big part of it, too, was that I was an actor musician. And if you if you saw Comet or if you know Comet, it, um, a lot of the ensemble members play instruments throughout the show. Um, and so I went in. To, uh, they, they called the entire grad program in because they couldn't afford to pay actual swings because um, it was a big... I mean, the budget was for what they wanted to achieve on this show, what the budget was not as big as right. it should have been. Um, so they couldn't afford to pay, uh, like swing, swing, swing. So they, um, went to the grad school to cast us. Um, so I ended up going to this audition and we did this crazy dance call with Sam Pinkleton, this, the choreographer and, um, his assistant Chloe treat. And it was, um, and it was, uh, stupid and amazing and incredible. And, um, I walked in to sing afterwards and Rachel Chavkin, who is now one of the big, Broadway creators. She's she a big name. She is. She just did Hades Town. Um, um, oh, we may talk about that. Like, don't worry. Oh, really? I haven't seen it. I saw it. At, oh, no, we'll anyway. talk about it. Um, she was like, "Why do I know you?" And so I told her that I had bartended the show, and she was like, "Yeah, great." And so the next call, the next day, I got the call from uh, the head of our program saying, "Hey, I need to talk to you about something." Like the Comet people are very interested in having you be a part of the show, but not in the way that the grad program is usually a part of the show, which is that you're kind of an unofficial understudy and sort of a last resort thing. But he was like, they want you to actually be the swing for the show, to actually be in every rehearsal and taking your very diligent notes. And I had never been a swing before, right. so I had no idea. That, and that's a big It's a skill. It's yeah. a skill. For, and especially on a show where there's... 10 to 12 tracks that I'm swinging and half of them play the guitar. And it's like, it was yeah. really crazy. Um, they said, um, they want you to actually be the swing and you have performance dates. And they were like, you are guaranteed like three or four performances maybe. And maybe some more if people are actually, and it's a very physical show. So people are hurting themselves left and right. Um, uh, and, and it, it, it felt like something out of a dream. I mean, it was like very much the exact right place, the exact right time. The show kind of happened to me. Is there a song from the show that you had the most fun performing? Um, is it Balaga? Watching or performing? <laughs> Both. Um, there is, and it's not Balaga. Balaga okay. was a blast. And yeah. the, the track that I, I... I went on for three different tracks in, in, in our month and a half, two month tenure. <laughs> um, but the one... I, I went on a lot for Nick Dasworth because his father was getting married. Um, and there was a moment during Balaga where I got to, I had a solid 30 seconds of FaceTime with Danae Benton, uh -huh. where we just shook these stupid egg maracas in each other's faces and got to scream at each other. And it was like, yes, it was fun. Um, my favorite song to do though was, um, was the, was the song, The Great Comet, the last song of the show, because after the, after, um, the big three songs in the second act, which was, uh, oh my God, I can't even remember the names of them, uh, Balaga, um, there's, there's like 30 minutes of just like everyone in the ensemble is doing everything. Right. And then all of a sudden everyone just sits down and the leads take the last 20 minutes of the show. Um, but we're all on stage the whole time catching our breath. And, um, I have such a sentimental moment in my mind where the first show I went on, 
my I knew I was going on. Um, my my family bought tickets to see it, and it just so happened that the place where I parked for the last twenty minutes of the show was the seat on the stage directly next to where my mother and oh father were Oh my god, that's amazing. Um, so, and um, if you've seen the production design for it, there's that gorgeous chandelier yes. in the middle of the space um, that was supposed to represent the comet. And there's this moment where like, it starts as one of the light bulbs. They're based in the chandeliers from Lincoln Center, um, where one of the light bulbs in this sort of Sputnik-y looking thing lights up and then the rest of them gradually lit up and it's this like it starts the most dim and then all of a sudden it's this blinding light as the quote unquote comet goes over and um we're singing the the it was clear and cold whatever the i don't even remember the words now um we're singing and i i was sitting and trying to ignore the fact that i was sitting next to my parents but i heard my mom like sniffling and then sobbing and she was she wasn't watching the show she was sitting and like staring watching at me you. sitting on the stair next to her and, and so that moment always has a very um strong place in my heart so while you're in boston yeah there's you're doing docu show <laughs> you're doing great comedy you're doing grad school yeah and you're like okay let's what, what, <laughs> what, what is drag <laughs> so let's talk about how drag into let's talk about drag story hunter. yeah um more wine yeah, I know. I'm refill. Like, I want to do ASMR with this too. <laughs> I want to make a white noise machine out of this. I think this is a million dollar idea. I wonder if it's gonna read. Yep, it's reading. Is Can that I not the most like, soothing noise you've ever heard? But it also sounded like peeing. So that was me peeing on the microphone. <laughs> so let's talk about yeah drag. Yeah, let's talk about drag. What? <laughs> let, let, let's talk about when did it enter your life? Um. That's a good question, and the timeline is hazy. Um, I know when my first time in drag, and big air quotes around that drag, um, was. Uh, I know when my first performance was. Um, the guy I was dating who lived in Boston that I moved up there for had done drag one or two times. Probably more than that. I don't know, I've blacked it all from my memory. Um, and I, I was a Halloween baby. So our thing was, I've, I've always been a big superhero fan. I love that shit, particularly the X-Men. I read all the X-Men comics yeah. growing up. I knew everything about them. So um, the, my boyfriend at the time and I decided that for Halloween, we were going to get our little group of friends and we were going to be the women of X-Men and we were going to be in drag and we were going to be the women of X-Men. And my favorite was always Rogue. Naturally. I mean, she's a badass. I'm talking about comic book rogue. I'm addressing the microphone directly right now. I'm not talking Anna about Paquin. comic book rogue, not Anna Paquin. I'm talking like like your good Southern Judy and, you know, like yeah. whatever. I'm talking about that rogue. She was a badass bitch. Um, we, we did this and we planned for months. And um, I did not do a makeup test run. Uh-oh. Because I was like, I think I got it. I'm like, I think I'm... And I watched videos and videos and videos on YouTube. I was like, I know how to do makeup. And it was bad. Um, so Halloween came and we got in our... I was Rogue and my boyfriend at the time was Phoenix. Um, or Jean Grey. And um, he looked Gorge Washington. And I looked... Busted. Busted. Uh, I, if you scroll far enough you, in my Instagram, you can there's see a picture it. of it's, it. It's, it's yeah. unrecognizable. It's not good. I look like the witch from Hansel and Gretel. <laughs> 
You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Like somehow I made my nose look longer. Yes. You I did. don't. I don't know what it was. Um, I, my eyebrows were in the middle of my forehead. Um, just not good. Really bad. But it was at this club called Machine, which was kind of this disgusting little. It's closing this summer. I've heard. Um, you are closing everything down. Turns out I'm a closer, Mama. <laughs> Can't close on a crown. Uh, um, but we went out, and I got I got my joys. I got my whole life that night. I thought I was I thought I was sex on heel, and yeah. So that was technically my first time in like drags proper. Then uh, that that was the only time bef- before like my performance debut, which Donkey Show did this thing it was at the time monthly but now it's like once every mm, year maybe called queen night where it's kind of hard to explain if you don't know donkey show but basically a drag queen would come in and host the donkey show um and so pride in boston that year happened to fall on the night that we had donkey show so we did a big donkey show pride blowout and they were billing it as they took three of us who were former fairies in the show and they they we we did a queen night on pride so it was three of us we did this giant like 12 minute mega mix it was my first time performing i wore a honey blonde afro that was three inches in diameter i mean it was terrible but i had that blue sequin jumpsuit that i just i literally made like two i wore two nights ago i still wear it um i had that jumpsuit made for it and um i did an abba uh, an abba number um and then we did it's raining it was it's a disco show uh so we did a disco mega mix and it was um maybe the weirdest thing and that was my first like official time in drag i want to say how would you describe vanna in three words vanna currently or vanna then vanna vanna now uh drunk yes annoying no loud yes okay interesting interesting now we've learned about yeah. how vanna came to be what yeah. a, what is the origin story of the name uh uh so my original name was I always knew it was going to be Vanna. Yeah. My last name out of drag is Van Zandt, and that's where I got Vanna from. Um, just because it, it made sense to me, and I feel like there aren't many queens named Vanna. I think I know of one other Vanna in drag. Um, and I never wanted to be like a Sharon Needles or like someone that was a very obvious pun name. I wanted it to feel very specific to me. And I started as a disco drag queen. Like, that That right. was my that was my thing. Um, and... Originally, when I did this donkey show performance, I wasn't Vanna Do. I was Vanna Shadanian, and that was a very specific joke based off one of the other cast members of Donkey Show. Her name was Hannah Shadanian, and um, I was like, oh, I'm going to... She was Titania. She played Titania, so she was like the head bitch in charge of Donkey Show. I was like, oh, I'm going to call myself Vanna Shadanian, because that's funny, because I thought drag was a one-time thing for me. Um... And I did it. I came down to New York after I graduated from grad school. And I'm long-winded. Oh, my God. Turns out I love talking. Um, No. Me? Um, I came down after grad school and Marty Gould Cummings, who I'm sure is on your list of people that we're going to talk about later. We will get there. Um, Marty essentially bullied me into doing Ultimate Drag Pageant. Um, in a good, in a good way, uh, (laughs) not in a like Trevor project, it gets better sort of way, um, in like an actual good way. Um, she was like, you should do drag. You'd be good at drag. And, um, I, well, I said, well, my name is very specific to the one performance that I, the name that I had. Um, and I was, um, I was sitting on my couch out in Bushwick one night and I was watching Xanadu and, um, who doesn't get their entire life when Xanadu is on? Um, it's the worst, best movie of all time. 
That that's pretty best accurate. worst movie of all time. Why is she on roller skates the entire movie? Yeah, she's like anyway. They're making out. She's in roller skates. It's incredible, um, and it just hit me like a t- like a ton of bricks. I was like, it's Vanna Do. I was like, it just it happened to me, and I texted. Um, I texted my ex and I was like, I think, I think this is the name. And he was like, a hundred percent, that's the name. And then it stuck. And that's when I entered drag pageant. How long does it take to transform into Vanna? Now I know you have Mm. some tips and tricks and rituals. Well, like it depends. Am I drinking? Did I have a coffee? How well rested am I? Um, how much, uh, so like I can get my Vanna face on in 70 minutes, an hour 10. Um, I usually carve out three hours because I, I, one, I have incredibly terrible crippling ADHD. Um, and so I'll like, I'll sit down and I'll start baking and then I'll remember that I, you know, I have a package, whatever it is. Um, so I usually carve out three hours and then end up sitting for about an hour and a half on my couch in full face, just like waiting to leave. I'm also a very early queen. Like I don't like, I I like being early to things. I usually arrive about half an hour before the gig, which is, I know the exact opposite of what people think should happen. Um, so I can get it done an hour and 10. I usually take about an hour and 40, hour 45, but I, I take about three hours total to like for the whole process. Who are some of your inspirations in drag? Uh, human people or drag people? Both. Um, uh, well, it's, I, let's say it together, shall we? On the count of three. One, two, three. Jennifer Aniston. No, I'm kidding. Dolly Parton. Uh, Dolly Parton is the biggest one, obviously. Um, I think... Yeah, I, I swear to God, we're already at 45 minutes. This is going to be the first three-hour episode. Uh, and I'm here for it. And I know, yeah. And people will listen. Uh, Do- Dolly Parton has been, like, maybe the biggest influence on my life ever. Not just in my aesthetic, but in terms of personality also. Um, Robin is a big one for me, um, which I'm sure we have a, a point where we can plug gigs, so I'll plug it later. But um, um, Robin has been a really big influence on me. Um, Jane Krakowski is a big one. Um, and, like other than dolly maybe the biggest one is like your drunk aunt like your cool aunt who snucky wine at your family reunion everyone has like an aunt carol who like does that and that uh that i think is is where where it comes from so almost two years ago now mm. you took part in the fourth season mm. of the ultimate drag Pageant. fourth yeah season four Jeez. what inspired you to really take eight weeks of your life mm. and be a part of this competition uh marty like fully, it was Marty. Um, I mean, I don't have a drag mother. I don't have an official drag mother. I have a lot of um, I have a lot of pretty uh, well respected queens in the local scene here who have taken a really keen interest in me, which feels really incredible. And if you're listening, I bet you're all too busy to do it. Like, thank you, and it means a lot, and you know who you are. Um, but Marty. I knew Marty from when I was a, a boy human right. in nightlife. Um, I had worked, I had, I had guested at Marty's show when she had, a, I, th- I want to say at the Ritz, Marty had a show. Um, and she, I came in and said, like, I was a boy guest at Marty's show. We met when I was working, I think at XL is where I met her. Um, um, and and she, we just kind of kept very loosely in touch. Um, and she saw that I had done drag and, you know, she's she'll snap up anyone who has even an inkling of drag to do ultimate drag pageant because they do it so often. It's like, you, you put on a wig once? Great, come here. Um, um, to do it. And so Marty messaged me and was like, hey, I'm doing this thing. Um, and I think you'd be really good at it. And I think you should come do it. Um, and I was like, well, I don't I don't know how to do drag. And the twice I've done it, it's been not great. And like, I found it very stressful and all that good stuff. Um, 
and she, and she was like, well, um, actually, I, I love telling this story. Um, she said, um, she said, come and do one week. And if you hate it, then feel free. She was like, just try it. Like, just do me a favor. And she said, I know you have an outfit. I know you have a wig. I know, I know what's his name has makeup. He was, Marty was like, just come do one week. And, uh, and it, it wouldn't take no for an answer. I mean, like literally wouldn't take no for an answer. Um, and I went and I did it and I bombed. It was bad. I mean, it was bad. Okay. I don't know if it was bad because I was there. It wasn't good. You did your ABBA medley. I did my ABBA medley. It was fun. Which says a lot about the relationship I had with the person that I feel personally sabotaged by. Um, uh, <laughs> I still talk about this with her. Bijou rolled around on the stage with her sweaty ass dance number. And that bitch got the stage all slippery and wet. And mama fell twice. I want to say I fell twice. My costume change went wrong. Everything went wrong. That went wrong. Um, I mean, like, it was... I maintain that it was bad. Um, um, still don't know how to walk in heels, but... Uh, uh, it wasn't great, needless to say. Um, we also, I also was on a season of drag pageant that didn't have weekly winners. No, that because that happened. I think season six. I want to say, yeah, yeah. It was later, um, um, so it was just like we went into the finale blind. Um, actually, I ha- I had won in a a week before the finale. It was the first time. Because Alice Ripley did... I I won the first ever week! Yes. Turns out. Um, Alice Ripley didn't know she wasn't supposed to crown a winner for Broadway Week, and here I am. Um... Uh, so I did a terrible number and I, I went up to Marty afterwards and I was like, Hey girl, like, love you. Don't think it's for me. I was like, I'm so sorry. And she was like, please, please, please. Just one more week, one more week, one more week. Um, and the next week was something like Hollywood icons. Yeah. I think it was, it was, it was classic Hollywood. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and she gave me advice backstage that, that has actually stuck with me to this day. And she said, perform what you love, not what you think people want you to love. And I was like, okay. So I did um, I'm the Greatest Star from Funny Girl, which is a number that I still do to this day all the time. Um, one of my favorites to do. And, um, you wore brown hair. I wore, it was Auburn. I dressed like Fanny Bryce. I did her little sailor outfit that she wears in that number. Um, and I, I, I remember t- to this day where I felt like it was um, the first time that I, had, I got to marry my acting with drag. Um, the first time fully, it was my fourth time in drag, um, that, that I felt like I could connect what I knew before to what I knew then. And actually now Bijou's old roommate, Lauren came up to me after the show and fully part of the reason why I do drag now is because Lauren came up to me and was like, this was good. She was like, that was good. You're, I didn't, I didn't even know her at the time. Flash forward a year from then I'm fully living on her couch, um, um, she said that, that was, that was really good. And, and, um, and, and then I stayed and the rest is history. What was the biggest takeaway for you? From pageant? Yeah. What was the biggest takeaway for me? Um, uh, truly, uh, it sounds fucking gay. And I mean that in a derogatory way. Um, uh, uh the friendships I made and that were, were a big thing for me. Those girls are still my my best drag sisters um i didn't know who i was yet aesthetically or brand wise i only wore neutral makeup i had i had not put a single color on my face ever um uh so i i didn't know who i was as a drag queen yet but i knew that i i loved pushing myself and i did really hard and i pushed my credit limit too um 
because they're expensive. Uh, but but um, I mean, genuinely, the 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 friends that I made out of that, you included. I mean, you yeah. included. It's true. Um, are are the are the biggest thing. How would you say you've grown since doing that competition? Oh God, how haven't I grown since doing that competition? Um, I I I feel like I've learned that not you don't have to be a dancer or a bucker or a whatever, like whatever it is that makes people throw money. You don't have to do it in order to be a successful drag queen. And I always felt like since drag race is so what the zeitgeist is right now, um, that gets beaten over our head that if you split and if you kick and if you, whatever it is, X, Y, and Z. Center split four times, one season. Like, hello. Um, if, if that's what you do, then you're going to, you're going to be a drag queen. And I, I always felt like, I, I mean, I can do stupid human tricks. I have a split. I do, and I do it sometimes. Um, but, like, it, I, I felt like I could marry the art that I had been trained in to something that was something that was new to me. Like, drag was very new to me. That I, I it felt like an, a very exciting new art form to me that I could, I could learn and try to, try to develop and, and become the best at. Um, not that I am the best at it by any stretch of imagination, but, like, I, it, 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 I, I can't, I, I've changed in every way. Yeah. I only wear platinum blonde hair now. Yeah. When was the last time I wore a wig that wasn't platinum blonde? I don't know. I want to say it was Halloween of that year. I wore a black wig. Yeah, because you were doing Ash Ketchum. I was doing Ash Ketchum. Um, uh, and, and now, and now I, I know like my color palette and I know my brand and I, and, and your makeup has evolved also. Cause like, oh my God. We, we all, we all so joke totally. Vanna invented blue eyeshadow. I did. You don't always use it anymore. Mm-hmm. And you add that, um, bottom lash. The little, yeah. The I little, found a bottom lash. Yeah. Little, Sasha Velour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My you makeup really has changed. Yeah. And it was good to begin with. So it's crazy to see yeah. the evolution. Thank you. You've had your fair share of shows since you've came onto the scene. I have. What has been your favorite gig since you've been? Oh shit! Um, uh, like, uh, uh, oh my god. Um, either I... weekly, recurring, monthly, whatever. What has mm. been your favorite thing? I'll take it. I'll take the question like this. What the show I'm most proud of um, was my first Stonewall Invasion. Um, because that felt like that was the first, and for, I mean, every time I work at Stonewall, and I work there pretty often, um, I feel a really sen- a, a big sense of gravity to it. Like I feel the importance of that yeah. building in my bones. I feel it, um, and uh, the f- I I won that invasion, and that was the only thing I've ever won. You're welcome. There's a lot Thank of drinks. You. I know a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of drink tickets, but I'll take it. Um, I did my Hedwig number and I won, and um, I I. I poured my heart and soul into that invasion and like really, I feel like that was maybe the most informative show I've ever done too, where like I really started finding my niche at like, what is it that I offer in drag? And like, I'm a Broadway girl and I do comedy and like, I felt like that was the first time that I was like, oh, this, this is what I do like right here. And I had an audience that was so unbelievably supportive and was like, screaming at the top of their lungs for everything I did. And like everyone that I loved was there. And it was just like that night felt incredible. Yeah. I mean, like incredible. What sets Havana do show apart from any other in the city? I talk about serial killers on the microphone. Uh-huh. Well, then maybe you should be a part of the, um, the block talk trivia battle for serial killers oh, that uh, Patsy and Decline suggested. So maybe you two should do that. Oh, I love serial killers. She probably knows a lot more than I do. <laughs> Um, no, I'll do the blue eyeshadow one. Um, uh, yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. 
I love serial killers. No, um, what sets my shows apart? I don't know. Um, I, I, I feel like my comedy is pretty, pretty specific comedy and the people who get my comedy really get my comedy and the people who don't are like, oh, like it's very, it, I, and I like being, and this sounds really gay, but this is going back to my, my bra. I'm bringing back gay to be a derogatory term for the record. I want to make that my championship. That's your thing, your thing for 20 I'm going to champion that cause. Yeah. Um, um, I forget what I was saying. <laughs> I, oh my God. What was I talking about? You were talking about your gigs and your comedy and how people don't yeah. get it. Oh, yeah. Okay, so this sounds really, really stupid, but, like, a, a, a title of show thing that really spoke to me was, like, I'd rather be nine people's favorite thing than a hundred people's ninth favorite thing, and that is exactly, like, the Vanadu brand. Like, yeah. I'm not going to blow up and get a billion followers on Instagram because of my looks or because, you know, I'm doing splits and jumps and kicks and whatever it is. It's like, but, like, the people who follow me... I feel like follow me pretty religiously and that feels really amazing. Yeah. Like, that feels really cool. And we've gotten to collaborate in a couple shows. We, we have. We did the uh, Drag Array. Whoa. We did Femme Fatale. Oh. You, you were, I missed that show. The show that, like, we closed down Boots and Saddle we, for the record. I honestly think that our lives would be much different if that show continued. Poor one out for Boots and Saddle. Right? Yeah. Uh, and we did Block Party. You, you were part of the Block January Party. Block Party. Yeah, Block Party was really fun. Now, I think you can tease us with a couple things. What upcoming gigs do you have? It depends on when this is going to air. It'll air in May, so. Okay. Um, uh, so I host Drag Race uh, every Thursday night yeah. with Laguna Blue up at, at the Wallace on 149th in Broadway. Shows start at 8.30. Um, I, I I believe by this point we're still figuring out the start date of it, but I'm I have a new... Um, uh, Monday night, Broadway night, uh, at Posh Bar in Hell's Kitchen, which is great because I, um, Hell's Kitchen is like where the, the homosexuals go to drink. Um, so Posh on Monday nights, I, th- I think we're doing early shows. So I think we're starting around eight o'clock for, for Broadway Mondays at Posh. Um, so you can still go to Broadway Mondays over at Hardware with Sutton and Cacophony and whoever it is. Paige. Uh, yeah, Paige, yeah, that rotating cat, Sutton, or, um, fuck, what's her name? Chelsea Pierce sometimes does it. Um. Yeah, um, then I have a lot of these really cool, incredible, like, one-off gigs. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm hosting at the Museum of the City of New York. I'm hosting a 9 to 5 viewing on June 20th. Um, and, like, the biggest and what feels like maybe the most important gig of my life that's coming is um, on June 28th, which is the Friday of Pride. I'm performing at um, a, 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 an event called This Party is Killing You, which is uh, a party that happens every six or so months at Brooklyn Bowl. Um, so it's a huge venue. I mean, like a huge venue. Thousands. Um, um, they play all Robin music for five hours. And Robin is that person that, like, she's the dance hall girl. Um, uh, and I'm... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm the first drag performance they've ever done at it, and they're doing it for their Pride edition. And there's some other people who I, I don't think I'm allowed to announce are going to be there yet. You'll tell me off, off Yeah, the um, there's a couple other really special guests who are coming through that are way bigger names than me, um, uh, also performing at it, and it's already almost sold out. And it's like nice. a, it's a big night. It's the first night of the Pride weekend for World Pride here in the city, and it's... Um, June twenty eighth at Brooklyn Amazing. Bowl. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm very excited and nervous and anxious. And I'm doing. I'm finally doing my first dance production number to a Robin song. 
to many Robin songs. Oh, you get to do men- oh, you're doing a medley. I'm doing a mega mix. A mega mix of of her um of her body talk album. Now, will you be doing a Robin illusion, or are you gonna be Vanna? There's a uh, there's many layers to it. Okay, so all right, it's, all right. it's yeah, yes, yeah. we'll have to be there to see it. Yeah, absolutely. Do you want to play around with this or that? I would love to. Okay, so I'm gonna give you this or that. You I'm anxious. Me. I'm anxious. Uh, let's start off with Angel or Devil. Devil. Sorry, Seraphim. Uh, sweet or savory? Uh, savory. Train or plane? Train. Commitment or freedom? Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, cats or dogs? Cats. Sondheim or Schwartz? Sondheim. Cream cheese or butter? <laughs> this is the one that stumps you, really? Cream cheese. Leather or lace? Ooh! Uh, vinyl. <laughs> Vanilla or kinky? Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> ABBA or 18s? ABBA. Ew, gross. <laughs> I had to. Country or rock and roll? Yeah. Okay. I know. I'm ta- I'm pleading the fifth on wow. a lot of them, but um, it's this, really this is com- This is a suggestion from Arya Durchi. Yeah. Uh, Scientology or North Korea? Uh, North Korea. Uh, Game of Thrones or Harry Potter? Game of Thrones. Rich and single or poor and married? Rich and single. Neil Patrick Harris or John Cameron Mitchell? John Cameron Mitchell. Tanya Pinkins or Alice Ripley? Hmm. <laughs> only, only on the mental capacity, Alice Ripley. <laughs> and finally, yeah. Robin or Dolly Parton? Nope. No, you, we're not moving on until you answer. Uh, Dolly. There you go. Sorry. Is there a New York City drag queen that you've yet to perform with that you love to work with? Yeah, there's thousands of them. Give me like three. Oh man, um, um, like with or in a show with? Both. Okay. Like you get to do a gig with them. Um, I've known Chelsea Piers for a really long time, um, and I think what she does is really great. Um, so Chelsea is one of them. Um, I, uh, it's I mean Sherry Vine. I guess she's not in New York anymore, is she? No, she moved. Sherry. Um, and uh. When I think about queens, these are people I haven't worked with, for the record. There's right. a lot of people that I have worked with who I would work with a billion times over. Um, um, I think uh, Pixie Aventura is, is like, is, is She's the just top of the yeah. fucking game. I mean... Why is drag important to the community? Oh, wow. Just really light questions here. I know. Um, easy to answer. Um, dra- uh, dra- uh, I think drag is like is like it, it it it's it's why so many people are so drawn to theater at a young age because you get to kind of stay as a queer person we're 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 all very taught that we're other, um, which feels gross because it's 2019 and none of us are other, um, but uh, theater when you're young is like the one place that you can step outside your skin and not have to be yourself for a minute and that's fully why I found refuse in it when I was young because like. I didn't have to be me because I mean, I'm sure a lot of people know that like being a young queer kid is not easy. Like is not at all. And like when, when, when you grow up that, that to me, this is what that is. You get to step outside yourself and put on someone else for a while. And like, and um, drinking a free isn't bad either. Yeah, you get to be someone else and yeah. um and kind of forget um and instead of being like a, a bullied, neglected, forgotten queerdo, 
you get to be the center of attention and people praise you and worship you and tell you how gorgeous you are instead of telling you that you deserve to rot in hell for who you are, for being who you are. There seems to be a stigma by many about the various types and style of drag, mm. from pageant to dancing to live singing mm. to monster drag. There are many varieties. Mm-hmm. How can we celebrate everyone's interpretation on the art form and does all drag matter? Yeah, of course all drag matters. Oh, hell yeah. Yes, absolutely. We talked about this on the yep. on the drag race thing just now. But um yeah, of course all drag matters and like um I appreciate drag now so much more that I I'm a part of it and I I do it. Um yes, all drag matters. Uh, I forget what the first part of that question was. No, like, how do we celebrate everyone's interpretation? Because there are people who are like, mm. oh, I don't like that kind of drag. I'm not going to go see that person. Well, you're wrong, Karen. Um, um, I, of course you can have things that you prefer. Of course, of course you can have things that you prefer and you like. Uh, and, you know, there are people who only like comedy performers. There are people who only like watching people jump and split and buck and whatever it is. Um, but, like, there is a place for all drag. I mean, look at show, look at Dragula. Look at what Dragula has done. I mean, that show became huge because there was a, a lack of representation for a, a type of drag. In the, and, like, even within that, there are people who are changing that type of... Like, Erica Clash went so far on that season, and she was, like, not spook drag. Right. You know what I mean? Like, um, yes, all drag matters. But, like, y- you have to realize that while while you're at a drag show, and please go to local drag shows, like, dear God, please go to local drag shows. Um, not that I do, because I never get to sleep, because I'm very busy. Um, but... Uh, while you're there, your body language, it, you're not watching Netflix. I mean, like, you have to understand that these people, who are people on a stage, can see your reaction to yeah. them. So, like, if you're sitting there and you're texting instead of watching my number, not that I expect you to not take your phone out in a two-hour drag show, but, like, you have to understand that the energy you put off is the energy that you're going to get back. So, like, yeah. if you are saying, I don't want to watch you, I don't I don't care about what you're doing, I'm not really going to try. How important is social media in the drag scene today? Uh, unfortunately, it's incredibly important. Do you feel like you have to fall victim to doing what people want you to do yes. just to stay relevant? Yes, absolutely. Does it suck? You hate it? I hate it. I wish I wish I wish I didn't have to. I, rem- I remember when I was when I was a go-go, I, I, I it wasn't a thing. I mean, like there was a 20 to 25 drag queens who are successful in New York City that th- they had shows every week. And you just said, like, well, on on Mondays, we go to X and we see whatever her name is. And then on Tuesdays, we go here. And it's just like those were the shows that you went to. And now I mean, I host Drag Race at a bar that is not considered a, a queer bar. It's it's a dive bar in yeah. Harlem. I mean, it's like they don't have events, a queer events other than other than the drag race. Um, now it's you can throw a stone and hit a queen on, uh, you know, on the street. And uh, uh, we don't want to throw stones at queens. It's mean. I mean, please do to me. Uh, it'll keep, it'll ground me in reality. Um, uh, ee, uh, uh, yes, unfortunately, social media is a big part of it, and you have to hashtag and you have to have a following. And like, it's annoying, but uh, unf- I, I wish I didn't have to have my Instagram. Well, maybe after we do our tea time, some of these queens will um, Instagram about you for what you say about them. Are you yeah. ready? I'm nervous and so anxious. So we're, we're playing tea time. I feel like I need another drink before I do this. 
we are playing Tea Time okay. where you're gonna share some stories, facts, things about these girls, yeah. sisters, yeah. Oh my God, I'm nervous. friends, colleagues, enemies, whatever you want to talk about. Yeah, I'm very anxious. And we are starting off with Miss Harriola Grande. Oh, love. I mean, adore. Um, she's getting so good. Um, she's getting really good. Uh, she was one of the girls I met during pageant, and um, I I would say was my first drag friend. Mm-hmm. Um, just got along very famously. We've worked together a lot. I think she's um she's she's great. And I'm glad she's she's making a name for herself. Really great. Next, Dee Dee comes well. Love. I mean, I, I, you're just gonna ask me the pageant girls, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely, Dor. I think um I think it's the th- cool thing that came out of our season of pageant is that a few of us have an aesthetic now, a, a specific vision for yeah. what our drag is. And I think Dee Dee, there's a reason she won All Stars because she knows what she's doing and she knows who she is and she does it um very well. Next we have Cicatrix. <gasps> I, I mean, I mean, talk about having an aesthetic mama. A cicatrix! Uh, I, I, I don't think people understand how much I love cicatrix. I think her drag is the weirdest, kookiest thing on the planet. And, like, I cannot look away when she's yeah. on a stage. Because it's just... You don't know what you're going to get. 90% of the time, I don't know what's happening. And... <laughs> In, like, the best way. And I'm like, I don't know what's happening, but I fucking love it. Yeah, yeah. really great. We hung out the other night, and it was so much fun. <laughs> Next, let's talk about Margot Cummings. Love. I mean, I mean, the the mother that I never had, um, the reason I do drag, uh, and and uh, a, a person that I feel like in the drag community we don't deserve. She works so hard and, and, does, and, and does incredible things for our community. How about Golden Delicious? Adore. I mean, adore. Um, um, gave, uh, uh, gave me my first or second guest spot ever at her show at a bar, which will not be named because neither of us work there anymore. Um, uh, gorgeous. So tall, um, a smart, uh, very smart, um, very funny. Uh, and, uh, I, I treasure my friendship with her. How about Laguna Blue? I mean, how can you not love Laguna? Are you going to ask me anyone that I'm mad at? I don't know. I don't no, know. Okay. Mad at. Yeah. No. Laguna. Laguna. I. I feel lucky to work with Laguna every week because Laguna pushes me to be better at what I do, um, because she is so so good. Laguna. Actually, let me tell a story about Laguna. Um, my this b- before I started pageant. I mean, before I started performing, I was like, maybe I should try doing some makeup once. Um, and so I got in a face and I went out. In I went out in drag in the city, and in the basement of Monster. Are we, am I allowed to say that? Sure. I don't go there anymore. Um, in the basement of Monster, we were both with our now exes at the time, and we met, and neither of us looked good. Actually, she looked Gorge Washington, and I looked stupid, because I didn't know what I was doing. Um, the, the two of us met, and we started talking, and it was great, and she's I have pictures from that night. I posted one on my story a couple weeks ago on her birthday, because I was like, look at these uggos um that met her was literally the first drag queen i ever met in drag in new york city and i i feel very lucky that her star is rising and i get to ride her coattails the little bit that i do how about now tiffany and coke oh (laughs) my god um uh, i despise her (laughs) no i'm kidding um uh 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 tiffany i i would say is is uh, one of my best friends in drag um the the I think one of the important things is a host in drag because I would call myself a host more than anything. I think that's where I excel. Um, 
um, she's one of the people that I feel like I can play tennis with when it comes to hosting that will like always hit the ball back. She'll yes. And in drag. And, um, she's one of those people that I could spend every minute of my life around and would never get sick of. Yeah. Uh, I mean, adore Tiffany and Coke. Next is Carlos. Carlos Uber Driver. Driver. Yeah. Figured that was coming. Uh, uh, Carlos, I love another, an- I mean, uh, do they come as a package deal? No. Do I want them to come as a package deal? You bet your ass I do. Um, I, I, I love Carlos. Carlos, I think, is ve- is very funny. Um, we went to the same college. Carlos also went to Wagner. So I knew Carlos back when we were Zach and Kyle before Carlos or Vanna existed. Um, adore. Carlos does, like, all my hair um, and just kills it. Really good. Very funny. Such a good performer. We did, um, what was that show that we did up at Icon with Misty? Uh, uh, the new Icon show, the impersonation show, and Carlos... Literally texted Misty that day and was like, I'm going to come do Eliza number. And Misty was like, okay. And Carlos did the most incredible ring them bells that I've ever seen in my life. A solid performer, a good friend, a very funny person, and an incredible hairstylist. Next up is Sissy Walken. Sissy Walken I love. Um, I I met Sissy Walken doing a stupid gig out in Brooklyn um, for a show that happened one time. I met her and Violet Tendency. Um, Uh... And, and we just, we got along famously. I mean, she's loud and annoying and, and, uh, good at drag. And I feel the same way. <laughs> well, you just mentioned her, Violet Tendency. Love. Uh, I mean, love. Uh, talk about someone who's like doing their own thing in drag. Violet, they're, um, uh, they're really making a niche for themselves in, yeah, in, the, in this place. And, um, uh, proud, proud to call that person a friend. Yes. Next up is Coco Taylor. Love Coco. T- I mean, uh, New York's other uh, sophomore drag wine aunt. Um, uh, as as a woman who acts middle age on a very regular basis, uh, Co- Coco and I get along famously, and I, I, we haven't worked together that much, but um, we talk often, and I, I I just I adore her to the moon and back. Really, really adore her. Next up is Celador. <laughs> Hate. No, I'm kidding. Uh, 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 we work together as muggles. Ew! Oh, I hate that I referenced Harry Potter. Edit that out. Uh, nope. Oh, God. Uh, love. Uh, um, uh, uh, the daughter I never had and the sister I never wanted. Um, um, funny, good, uh, getting really good. I mean, her makeup is getting good. Uh, I, what else? What else do you say? She makes well, yeah, shakes you, for me after berries. Yeah, yeah. Do you have a berry story. About yeah, it? yeah. So, um, so when I I work at Berry's boot camp also, um, and Sella does too. And uh, I went in for my interview at my location, and I walked in, and she like doesn't work at my location. The the people who make the shakes at the fuel bar, um, kind of rotate around. Um, and it just so happened that the day I went in for my interview she was working the fuel bar and I did my interview at the fuel bar. So I was like, oh, I got this. I felt confident and safe and lovely. And then we just started working out together all the time. And um, yeah, she makes me feel like a good person. Amazing. Yeah, she asked my opinion on a lot of things, which I'm like, your mistake for the record. But yeah, no, I really, I really enjoy her. Well, from Celador to Stelladoro. Oh, <laughs> auntie. Uh, Stelladoro, we did, uh, we did Black Party together, the two of us. And um, 
I say we did Black Party together very loosely because I felt like I did Black Party while she changed in the basement. Um, <laughs> um, uh, uh, in- incredible for what she does. I mean, like, how old is she? Seven? She's almost 70. She's almost 70 in that, and she's still performing and changing. Co- she changes costumes more times in one show than I ever have in my entire life. Um, uh, 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 the truest definition of the word, an icon. I mean, like, an icon. Next up is Misty Mountains. Uh, I mean, Mountain Dew, Mama. Uh, I uh, Misty Mountains, I think, is maybe the nicest drag performer I've ever met. Um, that checks out. Fully. And every time I do a show at Stonewall and she's there, it feels like taking a Xanax. She just, like, eases my nerves. Um, uh, great, lovely performer. Uh, love her looks. I think she's. Um, I think she's. She's. She's it. She's got. She's got the ticket. And I. I like that she's making a name for herself now. Um, adore. Ten out of ten. Next we have Pussy Willow. Oh, that monster. Yeah. No, Pussy Willow's great. I mean, how how can you not be like turned on and confused by Pussy Willow? You know what <laughs> I mean? It's like, what what isn't Pussy Willow? Um, I'm scared of her, and I um I'm turned on by her. Uh, that's threatening to Arya Dirty right now. Yeah. <laughs> you hear that, Arya? Um, next is someone I know that you despise with yeah. a passion. Who is it? Her name is Aviva Dickman. <laughs> Aviva Dickman is the most confusing person on the planet. <laughs> yes. That's all I want to say on it. I'm kidding. Uh, no, if you don't know Aviva Dickman, like, man, man, she, she did my favorite drag number I've ever seen. Yep. At Lady Liberty. Yeah. May if it you, rest in peace? Is that dead? I don't know. Who knows? If you weren't there for it, she literally wow. starts <laughs> off <laughs> with a clap track uh, and then... Hold, doesn't well, start off. Starts and ends off. Right, well, yes. Yeah. But like, so she's in, in the crowd with a microphone with a clap track and then all of a sudden you hear this like resounding theme song that's the West Wing theme yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. And she's just like taking in the moment and then she starts walking and shaking hands and, and like being grateful. people are like holding up signs. Yeah. And then she walks off stage. It, it, well, and like, I feel, okay, yes, that's from the outside perspective, but I feel like I have a very unique perspective on this number because the night this number happened for the first time, we were doing the one-off Lady Liberty. Right. I think it was Halloween was, yes. was when I did it. Um, and I had this number, pl- I was doing my Hedwig number and yeah. I had costume changes and wig changes and I was singing and I had dancers and yada, yada, yada. And um, so I was warming up my voice backstage and I was, when we did it, they, they assigned our spots in the dressing room and I was between two people who I didn't know because I was like new-ish to drag at that point. And I was like, I don't want to do that. And I knew Aviva and I knew Aviva was my girl. So I was like, I swapped, I was the first one there because I'm an early queen. I swapped names with someone so I could sit next to Aviva and I'm warming up backstage and she looks at me, she goes, oh my God, are you singing? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and she goes, I am too. She said, I am too. And she, and then she proceeded to warm up backstage like she was singing a number. I mean, like, not just did she pull the wool over the audience eyes, but she pulled it over. I, it was incredible. I mean, it was, it was incredible. It was amazing. It was incredible. Next up, we have Petty Cake. Love. I mean, adore. Um, I think the, I think the world of there, uh, of, of there. Of her, uh, I was there her first night in drag. Yeah, at, so was I. At Ultimate Drag Fashion. Yeah. And she and Bijou made out. No! no that, they didn't make out that performance. Oh. That was the performance before they made out when it was oh, Tyler. Oh, she, she weren't in drag. Right, it was the next number. She weren't up was. in Gee. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, Petty's great. Petty, um, uh, P- P- Petty, Petty is learning how to do drag. 
I'm, um, no, I'm kidding. Petty's great. Petty makes hysterical mixes and can and can dance circles around uh, me at least uh, around a lot of people. I'm sure. Really great. Next we have Cherry Poppins. Oh, gross. <laughs> She's not here. You can talk. She's about not here. Her. Oh, I can talk to her about her. Okay. Uh, no, Cherry's Cherry's great. We met doing Drag Ray. Um, uh, 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 lovely. Um, there were many times when I was unsure of of Cherry's journey. Um, because aren't we all unsure of our journeys all the time? Um, but there, I remember a night going to the duplex. I forget who was hosting. Maybe, I think it was Ruby, actually. I think it was, the, I think it was, maybe it was Heidi. Um, I remember going and, and I had seen her do the number a couple times, but she did, um, maybe this time from Cabaret. Yeah. And it just felt like something about it really, um, cu- cut me to my core. And I, 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 I f- like felt it in my spirit and she's gotten... Uh, good. I mean, she does good drag now, and um, and I love it. She came to my show the other night, actually, and um, and it is every time I see her, I, I I like to catch up with her and I like to say hi to her. I'm sad she's not here to say hi, but um, yeah, Cherry's great. Next up, from Poppins to Poppy. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I knew this one was coming. Um, po- uh, Poppy, I hated for a long time. Did, was there a, a, a one-sided rivalry between the two of you? Absolutely. I don't think she knew my name for a long time. <laughs> but I, I, I had a voodoo doll of her in my room. Um, uh, absolutely, there was. I, I, I think I was just mad because I knew she was going to win. Um, and as the other person who was like maybe, maybe had a chance at it, I was like, we're enemies. Then something happened, and I found this moment incredibly endearing, where backstage... At the finale of our season of Ultimate Drag Pageant, this was when they started locking off that bathroom for the queens to use right. because we weren't allowed in the kitchen anymore because the homophobic neighbor started yelling at us in the alley. Um, Poppy looked at me before she went on for her finale number of the night that she won Ultimate Drag Pageant, looked me dead ass in the eyes and said, how do you cover your eyebrows? <laughs> and I fell in love. In that yeah. moment, I was like, I know you're going to win, and now I'm okay with it. And then I forced you to do a show together. And then we did a show together. And um, and now I consider her one of my very, my very, very best friends in drag. And um, I, I think the world of her. And I'm, finally. I miss, I miss her. I know who it finally, is. Finally, it's... Let's say it together. It's, it's Bijou. Bijou. Yeah. Um, um, my, I, my OG baby. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know what I what um what can I say about Bijou Bijou le- legitimately and in the truest sense of the word saved my life I mean like saved my life um oh my god I'll cry has anyone cried on Black Talk uh yeah well, a couple people uh B- Bijou uh I I had a really tough time in my life that I had to move out of a living situation really fast um and I would have I truly would have found myself on the streets if Bijou hadn't taken me in I mean I know there are a lot of people who would have but Bijou um, uh, forced me to come stay with her. And I slept on her couch for months and months and months. And um, she's the reason that I felt empowered enough to get out of a very toxic situation that I was in. Um, she encouraged me to become the monster that I am today. Um, I talk to her every day still. Every day still. Um, and and um, uh, uh, California is lucky to have my angel very lucky yeah i miss her so much let's go field trip i would love to oh my god let's do it my 30th birthday is next year i'm going down to dollywood and everyone who matters is coming so let's do it this is your official invitation to dollywood 
What are your current jams, and what music should the listeners be listening to? Oh, I'm still listening to, like, music from, like, uh, 72, so, um... Uh, I mean, I always listen to Dolly Parton. I always listen... I, I, I drink the Kool-Aid, too. I don't just preach the gospel. I drink the Kool-Aid, too. Um, um, I think Robin's new album is the best thing that's come out in a really long time. Um, who am I listening to? Um, there's this singer, actually, who Bijou introduced me to, named Amber Mark, who I'm really obsessed with. Um, particularly her song, Monsoon. Um, um, uh, Daniel Caesar... Have you listened to the new Marina? I have. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, K- uh, Casey Musgraves is a big one uh, for me right now. Love, yeah. love me some Casey. I, I am a country girl. Um, and uh, Florence and the Machine is a big yeah. one. Yeah. Florence and the Machine is a big one for me right what now. What is one personal fact about you that your fans wouldn't know about you? <gasps> ah, here's a fun one. I wa- I This is my favorite thing about me. You know this. Is this why you asked this? Sure. Okay. I won the 2004 Maryland State Mario Kart Double Dash Championship. Yeah. That's pathetic and amazing. Really gross. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I went to nationals and did not do well. No? No. I got like 32nd maybe. Out I was, of... I was uh, out of 50. That's <laughs> not terrible. Because there were 50 states. Uh, no. I, I was I, I was out in the first round. I missed the cutoff for the second round. I If I had placed third in my race instead of fourth, I would have gone on to the next round. Not that I would have won the whole thing, but no. If you had to pick one New York City drag queen to be your partner on the amazing race, oh my who's God. it going to be? New York City? Yeah, so that means I took out a couple people for you. Yeah, you really did. I it wouldn't have been Bijou though, for the record. It would have been Poppy because neither of us would have, <laughs> neither of us would have eaten the gross shit. Um, one New York City drag queen to be my partner, I probably would say Sicatrix. I think okay. I'd say Sicatrix because it feels like she'd eat the gross shit. Uh huh. Yeah. All right. So we're going to move into the pop five rapid fire. So I'm going to okay. give you five pop culture things. Okay. And you're going to tell me your thoughts on I, them. I'll be surprised things. if I know four of them. Okay, we'll see. Okay, we'll cool. see. Uh, number one is Fosse Verdon. I haven't watched it yet. Why not? Uh, I haven't had the time. Okay. That's all right. I'll watch it sometime. Tomorrow night, I'm very excited. I know this is going to be after the fact, but tomorrow night's episode is called Glory, so we're moving oh, to Oh, it's Pippin, about Pippin, yeah. And all I'm going to tell you right now, if they if there's a glimpse <laughs> of them doing the Manson Trio, I will cry. I will fucking cry. Yeah. Yeah, no, I haven't watched it yet. It's good. You, but I, I want to. I want to, it. yeah. Um, she's going to win every fucking award possible. Michelle? She's so good. She's playing Gwen Verdon, right? Yeah, good for her. Next up is The Rise of CBD Seltzers. Oh, I had one. I know you did. Is that, is that what you asked me? Uh-huh. Uh, I loved it. Because you didn't give me the review, so oh, now I want the review. Yeah, no, it was good. I had uh, I had a recess. Um, yes. So um, they had these really, like, wacky-sounding flavors. I work at Bears Boot Camp, so my end time is 4.30 in the morning sometimes. Um, every day that I work, my end time is 4.30 in the morning. Um, and I was... Coming to work, I got my little, like, sausage and cheese on my way there. And I saw this thing in the fridge, and I was like, that sounds good. I didn't know it was CBD until I drank it. Um, oh, shit. Not that you, like, get high, but, like, no, I was but like... No, you get a buzz. But, like, you when, you do dr- when you do drag, your body hurts mm-hmm. constantly. I mean, like, all the time. Um, and I was like, why do I feel so great? And my manager looked at the can and was like, um, that's why. Um, I loved it. I had a great time. I'm a big fan of it now. It's a, yeah. little, a little pricey. Yeah, it was like eight dollars for a can. Which flavor did you get? I don't remember. What it was. Uh, uh, p- uh, gin, uh, peach. 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 Yeah. It was peach something. Yeah, I want to try it. it was um, good. I I now have a um, a hemp oil that I use at night. It's lavender. Is that and what co- I'm looking at? That yeah, has the co- marijuana leaf on it. Uh-huh. Uh, coke and lavender and coconut. It's very lavender soothing. and coke. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lavender and coke. Lord, the Tiffany's drug problem. Daughter. Okay. Yeah. 
Uh, number three is yeah. Taylor Swift's Me. <laughs> Spelling is fun. Yeah, yeah. The music video is gorgeous. Is it? It's oh, so that's the pretty. one where they're like in the suits. They're the like in the suits, colors. It's, it's pastel yeah. mania. No, I don't know that I've seen the video. I think the song is fine. It's horrible, but it's so good. It's so catchy. That's the one with Brandon Yuri, right? Yes. Oh, that little homo. He's so pretty. Love him. Um, number four is Hadestown. Oh, yeah. Good, good. I mean, I haven't seen the new iteration of it, for the record. Right. Um, I, I have not seen the current Broadway production. I've heard it's changed a lot since right, I saw it. Right, because my thing, if you read my review from on theaterandthenow.com from the 2016, 17 um, production, whatever Mary it Theater was. Um, I, 16. 16, because I basically said, you're basically watching... Trump. No, mm-hmm. I said you're watching uh, Great Comet because Rachel Chafkin's using every fucking trick she used. Already. Yeah, I've heard it's changed a lot. And I'm glad it, I've heard it's changed. And the casting's very different now, too. Very different. Um, it's a damper. Woo, love you. Yeah, she's so good. Really good. Um, and the loveliest person. Um, and then you have, like, Reeve Carney and Patrick Page, like, Patrick redoing um, Spider-Man again. It's great. Yeah, I'm, I'm it. excited to see it. I saw it at New York Theater Workshop, and yeah. I left it, and I, lo- I loved it then. Music's sensational. So good. And A.S. Mitchell's. I will is... say that not I'm, I'm bummed not having Chris Sullivan, who, if you watch yeah. um, This Is Us, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. his voice doing really, that score was Really stupid. But I heard Andre Shields is great, so. I, um, I think the score is amazing, yeah. and I feel like that's maybe one of the only things that's kind of stayed the same, or part of it i mean yeah. a lot I mean, of obviously the story is the story so yeah um but i, I was always a, a big greek mythology fan growing yeah. up I, I loved all that stuff so to to see the story of um persephone and eurydice and, God, and orpheus and all of them in hades yeah. yeah it's cool all right number five yeah detective pikachu oh can't wait i think it looks terrible um i'm a big pokemon fan yeah I'm a big Pokemon fan, and I think it looks awful. Yes, um, just a little bit. Really terrible, but uh, I am absolutely going to get drunk on white wine and go see it and have the night of my life, Mama. Just like I did with Cats in the mm. most recent revival. Yeah, um, can't, uh, can't we, wait. Remember to have a terrible when you, me, and Bijou got really drunk and went to see Mama Mama, Mama Mia, Mia too? Yeah. Back in the habit. Yeah, back. Yeah, so, so it's just fun. Yeah, sneak, there was like what? We had to sneak of us? that in. No, it was just did we sneak in wine? We snuck in uh, hard liquor. Oh god! And I almost got caught. Yeah. It was great. It was really so much good. fun. Really good. Really good. So, um, for you, we're gonna rename this part. It's the Fana Corner. Yeah. Got some questions from from some fans. Did it, did they actually? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, this is from Harry Lagrande. Oh, love. What sisters inspire you? Um. Oh my god! Uh, like so many. Um. All of them? Is that? Am I allowed to say that? Sure. I mean, I mean, and Rue says it all the time. But like anyone who puts on a wig and heels and leaves the house is is an inspiration to me. I mean, truly, honestly, I think all drag is really cool, and I love it so much. Um, right now, I would say working with Laguna has been a big inspiration for me, um, and pushed me to do better. Um, um, I I love watching my my very first drag friends kill it so Dee Dee and Hariola are big inspirations to me um Poppy and Bijou moved out to California so whatever um but it's I, I I love I love seeing my friends kill it um yeah uh this isn't a question but um Aria Durchi says get a hobby no thanks um this is a question from Josh Tratner of oh. Ace of Face fame yeah. yeah 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 um if you were a furry what animal would be your persona uh Jigglypuff Jigglypuff. Okay. Yeah, because it sings a lot and uh, it's annoying and people fall asleep during its performances. That's you. Yeah, fully it's me. Um, and this is a question from Audrey Phoenix. Yeah. 
What's that mouth do? Uh, not a lot, Mama. It's, Mama, uh, it uh, drools. Uh, what that mouth do? It it flaps constantly. <laughs> I talk so much. In case you can't tell by the hour and a half that we've been recording. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, it does a lot. It does a lot. Audrey, wink. Text me, girl. And now here's a question from Audrey Phoenix, my previous guest. Yeah. If there were one song or mix that in, that is in your repertoire that you were forced to do for the rest of your drag oh. career, what would it be? Yeah, everyone knows the answer to this one. Say it. It'd be my cat max. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also, I have a new Dolly, <laughs> a Dolly Mega Mix now that I've, I've, I'm really loving. It's six and a half minutes long, and I'm obsessed with it. But it would be the, it would be the cat mix, yeah. Yeah, that checks out. Yeah. Well, now is your turn to ask my next oh my God. question. Okay. Um, do you want to marry me? Uh, do you have health insurance? Uh, um, 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 uh, oh my God. I didn't know I was supposed to think of this. Did you? And you said you listened to the podcast? I do. I mean, I didn't think about the fact that I was supposed to think of this. Um, it, um, 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 if, 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 if you could go back in time and erase one person's existence from from the the grand scheme of everything who would it be in their life or in the world any okay any, one of each okay great oh oh the what the personal one <laughs> personal the personal is fun yeah block um, that person on instagram before you post that you did this <laughs> well if you've gotten this far in the podcast use hashtag do the do yeah where can we find you on social media? Uh, my Instagram is uh, at Vanadu, V-A-N-N-A-D-E-U-X. What are the other social medias? I don't have Twitter. Facebook. Actually, that's a lie. I have a Twitter, but it's a burner Twitter, and I only use it to follow porn stars. Oh, cool. Who, who are some of your favorites? Oh, my God. Oh, too many. Um, uh, Arad Win-Win is, my, is okay. the love of my life. Um... Um, uh, I don't, so I don't have a Twitter. Uh, uh, I like it. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, um, Facebook, it's, it's my, it's my boy human name, which I've said a billion times throughout. Um, I, you, do, I, you I do have a, a drive. I'm yeah. never on it though. Yeah. I get, that's the one that like Jim Silvestri tags me in. But, like that's about all the, <laughs> and all then, the action. And then you're on Venmo. Venmo is tip Vanna. There Thank, you go. Thanks Aria. Well, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me mama. The biggest thanks to Vanna for coming on. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Stitcher and leave us a review while you're there. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. <laughs>